He is risen. He is risen indeed. Happy Easter here at Live Oak Church. Decided to shake things up a little bit, so we are actually at Live Oak Church outdoors. Wishing you could be with me right now. I am envisioning all of you out on the grass and uh, one of our hopes was to be able to have a tent revival this week, and of course that couldn't happen. Um, but we are together in spirit, and so I am so glad that you're here with us today uh, as we uh, finish uh, uh, Holy Week. And as I say all the time, Christmas gets all the glory, but we as Christians, we are Easter people. And so what I would like to do today is, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 24, and the title of this Easter message is The Story and the Message. The Story and the Message, because there is the story of Easter, of the resurrection, but then there is a broader message that we can take from the resurrection from ourselves. Let's pray as we and then dive into the scripture. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this beautiful weather we have. Thank you, God for the, the opportunity to come together and worship via technology because the church will not be stopped. And the power we have because of the resurrection is the reason why this church cannot be stopped and will not be stopped. And so God, speak to us now in Jesus' name, amen. In Luke chapter 24, it says, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told these things to the eleven and the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other Mary and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stopping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. I want to start right now by saying that this, um, that we're going to break this story up into, two, uh, into four parts. The tomb, the road, the room, and the mount. The tomb, the road, the room, and the mount. And this first section of the, the story is about the tomb. The tomb was empty and they were surprised. Isn't it amazing that they were surprised because they were told, they were told, Jesus told them that this would happen and yet they were surprised. Even the angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? Did he not tell you? It is amazing what promises God gives us yet we choose to ignore. It's amazing if we would simply listen to the words of God, if we would simply obey the words of God and his promises, how much happier and how much fulfilled we would be, yet so many times we refuse to believe the words of God. All that was left was a borrowed tomb and a death shroud that was exchanged for a kingly robe. 
Now we're gonna look into the, ro- into the road on that very day, this is verse 13, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are having with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. And one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem that does not know the things that have happened these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet, mighty indeed, and, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of the company amazed us and they were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying they had even seen visions of angels. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ would suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far from spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he broke bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened up to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and those who were were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So we start with the tomb and now we enter into the road. And it was an incredible story as, as Jesus now, not revealing himself, is, is walking with and talking with the people, uh, the, 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 the believers, the disciples. A couple of places here I just want to, to recognize. My fa- one of my favorite verses in the Bible is verse 32. Did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened, the, opened to us the scriptures? And that is one of God's glorious, uh, the, 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 one of the greatest gifts that God gives us is his ability through the Holy Spirit to open up the meanings of the scriptures. There's a a pastor, John Dominic Crossan. He says this, Emmaus never happened. Emmaus always happens. Meaning that this was more than just a single event. We all have an Emmaus story. We all have a time as we are walking through our path, as we're walking in our journey, where Jesus, who is not recognized, suddenly 
becomes recognized. When the scriptures are revealed to us and when the truth is revealed to us and when Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, is revealed to us, Emmaus happens to us all. And that's the road. We continue on in chapter 24, verse 36. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and he said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do, why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet that it, it is I myself. Touch me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they were still disbelieving for joy, and while they still disbelieved for joy and they were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate before them. And then he said, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So we go, we start in the tomb, then we move to the road and now we enter the room. Jesus appears among them and he says, look at my hands, look at my feet, it is I. Touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones. The message of this text is Jesus saying, I am not a symbol. I am really here. I am not just an impression in your mind. I am not so, some sort of spiritual presence. I am here. I am flesh. I am bones. I am real. I am truth. Now give me something to eat. <laughs> it is an opportunity for him to declare that he is here. And what a wonderful story for us to hear and for us to know at this point that Jesus is real, that the resurrected Christ was not an idea. It was not a spiritual uh, existence. It was a truth. It was flesh and bone resurrection of our Lord and Savior. And we then moved from the room to the mount and he led them as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. When Jesus calls you, he blesses you. Many of us are waiting for a blessing that he has already given. You see, when Jesus calls you, he's already blessed you. Those of us who are Christians, those of us who have already surrendered our lives to Jesus, we are already blessed. So many of us are waiting for that next shoe to drop or waiting for that next thing to happen in life. Oh, can I tell you on this Easter Sunday, you, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, if you are a, a baptized believer, you are already blessed. They worshiped and they returned. Use the presence of God and the joy that he gives you to influence others. They 
they worshiped, they received from God, and they returned. When we come to church, when we come together as a body of believers, we, we receive from God, we receive the joy of being together, and then we return back into our world so that we may bring that joy and that message of Christ to others. This is the story of the resurrection. This is the entire story laid out, the story of the resurrection. But there, what is the message of the resurrection? Knowing about the resurrection gives you a message to take the world. The message is in three parts. It's personal, it's certain, and it's hopeful. The message is personal. In 1 Corinthians 1.17, it says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, this is Paul speaking, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We preach the gospel not with eloquence. It is not our words. It is not our turn of phrase. It is able to save the world. It is able to make an impact on the world. It is the power of the message. It is the power of the resurrected Christ that it allows me. That is the message that I give. It's not my words that makes an impact. It's the message that is personal to me. The resurrection, the resurrection story that I have. My Emmaus story is not about me. My salvation story is not about me. It's a personal story about the resurrected Christ. Many argue that though the saving power covers all humanity, it should do so without any response on my part. That if Jesus truly loves the world, that he should simply cover the world and all should be forgiven and be able to go to to heaven. But that's not love. Christ died for me and so I must live for him. That's love. That is the, the, the economy of Christianity, that Christ died for me, and so I must live for him. The message of the cross is one of love, and like all love stories, they are personal. My resurrection story started in a pickup truck as a teenager, weeping and needing, needing meaning from my life. What is your resurrection story? This is a fabulous love story, one that Nicholas Sparks can't even touch. Share your resurrection story with whoever you can. The message of the resurrection is personal. The message of the resurrection is also certain. In a world of fake news, it is easy to become cynical of what is real and what is fabricated, what is true and what is hype. But as C.S. Lewis so eloquent put it, Jesus, for Jesus to endure what he did for this Holy Week would mean that he would be only one of three options. He was either a liar, all of those teachings that that he shared were lies made up for the self-aggrandizing purpose of a God complex of enormous proportions. However, I believe that if he was a liar and he made up all those things, I believe that when the cat of nine tails hit him that first time on that whip, he would have said, whoa, 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 I'm done. No, 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 I, I was just joking. So if he's not a liar, maybe he must be a lunatic and believe these things that were, were coming out of his mind. But if that were true, how do you explain the miracles? If that were true, how do you explain the, the changed lives? 
How do you explain the prophecies fulfilled? So if you can't bring yourself to surrender to the ideas that he was a liar or that he was a lunatic, then you must surrender to the idea that he was Lord, that he, that, that he fulfilled every prophecy in the Old Testament leading up to his birth, life, and death. If he's not a liar, if he's not a lunatic, he must be Lord. The message of the resurrection it is a cataclysmic event in history that did happen and all of time, faith, and eternity is held up in the truth of this one man. So the resurrection story is a message that is personal. The resurrection story is a message that is certain and true. And the resurrection story is a message that is hopeful. Today we're experiencing Easter not in a Sunday, not in our Sunday best sitting on a pew. Across the world, in Rome, the Pope is not giving his Easter homily to crowds of people, but to an empty cathedral square. We are in very weird times, a time where hope is called for. Because you see that first Easter morning, people were confused and they were scared. The disciples were confused. The Romans were scared. The Pharisees were worried. But when Jesus revealed himself after the resurrection, he said, I have come to bring peace and hope. Jesus replaced confusion with truth. He replaced fear with facts. And he replaced worry with worship. The resurrection story is more than just a story. It's a message to the world that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You see that verse that we learned in Vacation Bible School so many years ago, that simple verse, John three sixteen. It changed everything. That one verse, it changed everything. That God loved you so much that he gave a son. Jesus was born on that Christmas morning and he lived a sinless life and taught us how to be more like him and he died on that good Friday but on this day on this beautiful day he is risen indeed that whoever would believe in Jesus would not perish but have everlasting life you see that story that message it changed everything right now wherever you are as you're watching if this has only been a story to you and not a message, if this has only been a, a, a historical event or a, a, a story that was in, that, that, that you were taught in Sunday school and it hasn't been the message that is personal, that is certain, that is hopeful, if it has not seeped into your life, can I just ask you to do that now? If the Holy Spirit is drawing you even to this moment to himself, that you would answer that call that I don't have to be there with you right now, that you can surrender your life to Jesus right here, right in your living room. It's awkward. Your wife, your husband's right next to you. Your kids are getting on your nerves right now. But I'm telling you, the Lord, if he is calling you, if he is calling you to himself, then you must answer. You must surrender. That is the story of the resurrection. The story of the resurrection is our, the, 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 the price that was paid so that we have access to God the Father. For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so now it is time for us to surrender to that call on this beautiful Easter morning 
and to follow him. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I know apart from you, I am lost. I know that I am a habitual sinner. God, I know that I have no chance of being right with the Father, of being right with you, unless I surrender my life. And so right now in my living room, on my front porch, wherever I am, right now I surrender my life to you. I say, God, I give up. I'm tired of doing this life on my own and I give it to you. On this Resurrection Sunday, may my life be renewed and resurrected with you. A new life, a new life full of hope, full of peace, full of purpose, in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, right now, I just want to encourage you, if you did pray that prayer, if you renewed your commitment to Jesus on the website, liveoakji.org, where it says watch online, there is a virtual connection card. It would bless us so much if you would fill that out and let us know I have given my life to Jesus. I want to be baptized. I want to join a life group. Let us know what God did in your life this morning. We love you. We thank you so much for joining us. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed.